0: Hello, Aaron. Welcome to the Confidence Mastery podcast. I'm very excited to have you as a guest today.
1: I think I'm even more excited because when you contacted me, you said you completely disagree with everything (laughs) I said. So I always I, that just really tickled me when you said it, and we're just so honest about it, but yet so open. So thank you so much for having me here.
0: Oh, no, it's a pleasure. Like I really was inspired by your story and like the things that you've gone through um, and the way that you live your life. I think it's a fantastic thing that you're doing. Um, would you like to just share a bit with people about you know who you are, what you do? Because um, you'll sell it better than me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um I go by Yogi Aaron. Aaron is my name and Yogi is just Yogi means like someone who practices yoga. Um so I just go by Yogi Aaron and I oh god. Um where do I start? Uh, I know you want the readers digest. So, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Um, I'm about 27 years old. I moved away and kind of worked on the cruise lines for a few years. I was stationed actually in Haiti um, working as a scuba diving instructor. It was my dream job. And then, I don't know, purpose started knocking at the door of my heart and said, this is not where you're supposed to be. So I ended up in New York teaching yoga, opened up a studio, became a worldwide sensation in my community. Um, And then I decided to partner with one of my students and we opened up a yoga retreat center in Costa Rica. And uh, so, again, purpose was knocking at the door of my heart saying, time to move on. (laughs) I love
0: that phrase. That's an amazing phrase. Purpose is knocking at the door of my heart.
1: Yes. And um, and so I've been. Yeah, since then, I've been running the yoga retreat center. I also lead yoga teacher trainings in Costa Rica. I've been doing that almost 14 years now and, um, and then kind of gone on this new journey again um, of talking about this kind of stretching sort of craze that people are so have become so obsessed with. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm trying to, at the very least start conversations and at most, starting to try and like eliminate, I guess I don't know if that's a harsh word or not, but kind of get rid of some of these erroneous perceptions um, that are kind of plaguing not just the yoga world, but actually even now we see in the fitness world and and um uh, with physiologists as well, like I feel like people have forgotten, uh, what muscle function is about. So mm-hmm. like I said, my 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 hope is at least to start a conversation and at most like let's kind of bring more science into the conversation. Yeah.
0: That's great. Okay. I, I love yoga. I don't do nearly enough of it. And one of the things that somebody I remember somebody saying to me, for well, quite a few people actually is, but isn't yoga just stretching? <laughs> <laughs> well actually no, <laughs> no.
1: No, it's got nothing to do with stretching. And and um, in my podcast series, one of the things I come out right out of the gate swinging is that there's no mention of stretching or flexibility anywhere in any of the yogic texts um, or scriptures. So there's no scriptural reference to stretching. And I mean, there's kind of like two instigators I think why yoga has become such a stretching craze. I, I think there's a few, but there's two at the top of the list though. And one of them, ironically, in my opinion is Jane Fonda. Um, and I think that's why a lot of men actually get scared of, of yoga because they associate it with, you know, women in leotards wearing leg warmers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what you see when you saw Jane Fonda. She was wearing a leotard and leg warmers. And so that's the image that a lot of men have. And and it's also kind of funny. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. But uh, (laughs) it's kind of funny to me because originally, up until literally really 100 years ago, yoga was a men's club. Mm. And so, you know, women weren't really allowed to practice yoga uh, per se. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a whole discussion into itself. But the point is, is now it's like, you know, now yoga is viewed as something that only women do for the most part. I think yeah, I think it's only about 15 percent of people doing yoga, you know, is men. So still low.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? I I find, I really like it when I find men who do yoga because there's so much to it. It, It's not, like we say, it's not stretching, you know, it's that connection to yourself, the mind and your soul even. And my, my yoga instructors are actually a couple, Peter and Leela. And they, the way they work together and flows, like just phenomenal. Um, And they've actually said to me, they Given that I lift weights, they can't believe how flexible I am. Mm. And I don't know if that's just a part of me or has come from all of the stretching that I've done. Mm -hmm. But what is it that made you go, hold on a minute, this is wrong. We shouldn't be stretching.
1: So I'm kind of like you in many ways. Um, I've been very physically active all my life yeah. especially during during the early part of my teens i used my body incessantly i grew up in northern canada i dog sled i snowshoed it's a canadian thing um <laughs> and, and was a long distance runner i was very much into weightlifting um not serious like bodybuilding but just you know general overall yeah. lifting for health and tone and When I started yoga, I was about 18 years old at the time, and one of the things that happened very quickly was I really hurt my back, and I I kind of seized my back up, my lower back seized up, and it was a very new experience for me, because at that point, I was 18. I never had anything happen, And, and what ended up happening was, Natalie, I started developing this story in my mind and in my body that I had a bad back Yep. And, and so then I was doing yoga to kind of fix my back and I would go to yoga teachers and they would say things like you need to open your hips you need to open your lower back up your lower back is too tight your hamstrings are too tight and it's pulling on your lower back and blah 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 um it took 25 years for me to finally realize that it was the stretching that was causing more damage and what had happened was I'd actually on this particular year I'd gone on a trip and when I landed where I was going I noticed this severe pain in my lower back and so I was trying to quote unquote stretch it out I even went mm-hmm. to an acupuncturist in that city etc cetera, etc cetera. and so it kind of never really got better and then I started diving into at that, at that moment, this very kind of intense, uh, for the lack of better words right now, equate to kind of a yin yoga practice, um, where I was doing these long holds, a lot of forward folds, and but and I would get a little relief, but then the next day it would come back even stronger, yeah. and it would it was going like this on and off until. About eight months later, I ended up in the surgeons, an orthopedic surgeon's office, who said to me, we think you might need to have a spinal fusion in your lower back. And that was kind of like a big light bulb moment for me. And I realized, like, I think I really need to reexamine what I think I know about my body, what I think I know about stretching And there's got to be a different kind of way to it. And so that journey kind of led me into this whole idea of muscle activation technique, which is a technique that was created by Greg Roscoff um, in it's based out of Denver, Colorado in the United States. And Greg's kind of like whole point is to really kind of look at how to improve muscle function and that the lack of muscle function is what gives pain to a lot of people when people's muscular systems are not working properly Mm -hmm. um, that you know there's no stability in the joints there's no proper stability in the joints and if the joints aren't stable the the result is inflammation and then inflammation is what creates the pain um, and so that kind of led me into that journey and, um, and then here I am <laughs> <laughs> in the short story.
0: <laughs> so I, I completely agree. Like you need mu- proper muscle a- activation because and like that mind muscle connection on, on that level, because if you're not thinking about the muscle that you're using properly, then you, you're not really activating it. So I'd be interested in exploring that more. Um, But on the flip side, what what was it that actually then healed your back?
1: So there was a couple of things going on. Um, So one of the things that I think you and I can both agree on is that muscles have, I mean, they have a lot of functions. There's a lot of functions. But the two basic functions of muscles is to move bones Mm -hmm. and to stabilize joints. And so they and they do that function by shortening. Okay, so when I was doing these deep long holds, a couple of things was going on. But when we stretch a muscle, we're actually going against the um, the 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 function of what a muscle is. We're for, forcing a m- muscle to lengthen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and so what started to happen was a couple of things. But one. I was going against that primary muscle function. Number two, when we stretch a muscle, a muscle, we disconnect and in the proper word, the biomechanical word is proprioception. So there's a loss of proprioception. So when we force a muscle to lengthen, we have to also remember that when we force a muscle to lengthen, AKA our hamstrings, Mm -hmm. okay, our back muscles, there's the opposite muscles that are mm. now forcing to contract. We're passively contracting those muscles, right? So, like if I'm if I'm on my back, and and this is this used to be one of my go-to favorite stretches to do, is like the hamstring stretch. So lying on my back, I would put a strap around my foot, yep. I would just hold that pose you know with my legs straight so i'm stretching my hamstring and i would hold that sometimes for three to five minutes oh that's a long time it's a long time well (laughs) in yoga it's a long time but what would happen then is i'm forcing my quads to shorten passively Mm -hmm. so there's no action there there's no accountability and then i'm also forcing the hamstring to lengthen And so what happens then is like the proprioception, the connection between the brain or the central nervous system and the muscle literally uh, gets cut. Um, It's kind of like a phone line, you know, a phone line between the muscle and the brain. You literally are cutting that phone line. So when you come out of it, the brain no longer knows where the muscle is. So that's part of it. And then the third part of my back specifically, and I see this now a lot with a lot of yoga people, especially is that most people, so many people, I'm not going to say most people, so many people are dealing with lower back issues, Mm -hmm. uh, disc herniation and, you know, L4, L5, L5, S1, um, and even L3, L4 sometimes. And, What happens is those discs are getting pushed out because the lower back is in a constant state of flexion. It's not, it's, you know, it's, it doesn't have that beautiful C curve. It's going opposite. So when it's opposite and it's in a state of flexion, you're pushing that disc out. So even when I'm doing something as safe as lying on my lower back, sorry, lying on my back, lifting the leg up and doing that hamstring stretch, I'm still flattening that curve in the lumbar spine. And so that disc is now starting to press on the nerves and creating more inflammation. So there's kind of two things going on. One, I'm creating more inflammation with that disc pressing on the nerves. And then when I come out, there's no stability in the joints because I've stretched them uh, so much. And so my brain doesn't know what muscles to tell my body what to use so there's no stability in the joints. And so I was doing that and and that's why like every time I stretched it would temporarily feel good. Yeah. But then you know within it literally at that point within an hour um the inflammation would come back with a vengeance.
0: That's not, that's not a nice feeling at all, is it?
1: It's the worst feeling I've ever had. I've I've had a lot of pain in my, you know, cr- chronic pain journey, but that was I, re- I remember in one of the final appointments, I was going from my car to the hospital. And so I parked up my car and I had to walk about a, maybe 100 meters or something. And it was one of the most hardest 100 meters I've ever had to walk. I could. It took me so long because all I could do was little baby steps. Oh, nice. <laughs>
0: At least you can Uh, laugh about it now.
1: Yes, yes. Well, my teacher always says, if you're going to be a mess, be a happy mess, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Used to have a t shirt that said "Hot Mess Express."
1: (laughs) Yes, I want that t shirt. (laughs) We got to celebrate our mess more, right? (laughs) Definitely, like being weird
0: and messy, it just makes us who we are. Yes, I think with modern life as well. Like, if you think back to hundred years ago people were more active anyway so yeah. we're now sat at desks you know we're not using our bodies in the same way that should be so like lower back pain a lot comes from sitting on your backside for too yeah. long like I yeah. know mine like I I have to I'm, I'm up and down I'm I'm a fidget as well because I, I just get uncomfortable I'm, I'm like a yogi without doing yoga. <laughs> like, I don't sit like a normal human being. Yes. I can't, I, can't, I can't do it. Um, so I think then you've then got the issue of people then going, okay, now I need to go to the gym, and then I need to do this, and then I need to do this. But actually, what I find if is if if I don't stretch, my form isn't as good. Mm-hmm. So but it's, again, like I said, alluded to, or not alluded to, like I said earlier, it's that mind-muscle connection and yeah. making sure I'm doing it for the right reasons and knowing that I'm not going to be as sore because, like, I, I lift really heavy, weights, mm-hmm. And if I want to do that mm-hmm. properly, I need to know, like, my muscles are activated, they're on, they're, they're on, you know? So if it's not... If I haven't done the stretching after and then I'm going to be sore yeah then i can't perform as well on the on the next lift so what what would you say to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i as i'm listening to you talk one of the things and i'd have to do more you know listening and ask questions but just because i know that we're shorter on time i would just say that i think sometimes what a lot of people so there's kind of two kinds of stretching out there i mean there's a few different kinds but for to sum it up there's kind of two different kinds of stretching. there's there's passive stretching and then there's dynamic stretching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when I was using that example of like I'm lying on my back, I raise one leg up to the sky and I have a strap around my foot or I grab the leg or I grab my foot and I'm pulling my leg towards my chest, okay? Yeah. Is that a good enough descriptive for the yeah. audience? Okay. Well, I
0: get it, but then I I
1: stretch. So <laughs> yeah. So that's a stretch. That's a that's what I would call a stretch, yeah. and that's what we would call sort of in the lingo world passive stretching because mm-hmm. I'm passively moving that leg. Like, there's no accountability. There's like no muscle them. movement. I'm forcing the quads to overshorten, mm-hmm. and I'm forcing the hamstrings to lengthen. So what I think, what it sounds to me what you're doing is what's called dynamic stretching. And I actually don't like the word dynamic stretching for the record because it has the word stretching. (laughs) Um, I would prefer to use something like dynamic movement or muscle activation is that if you're lifting that leg up, and you, you're, you're, you're not grabbing the leg. Your arms are to the sides, and you're pulling using your muscles, using your quads, which are actually doing the movement, and maybe even a little bit of first rectus abdominis, um, maybe even so as minor. But you're pulling that leg towards you. Now you're using your muscles to shorten to pull the leg towards you, and that's a great, by the way, warm up. I highly recommend people like yourself when you're doing squats day to do movements like that, because what you're doing is increasing the proprioception between your brain and your muscle. Mm. Um, and then, so you do that, you can, you know, you can do it dynamically. You can slowly raise up, slowly go down. You can raise it up and hold it for like six seconds, which mm-hmm. is a great idea. And then do that, you know, lower it down and do that six times. But now you've got your building up movement you're building up healthy range of motion because now your muscles are actually doing the work and you're Mm -hmm. building that kind of brain to muscle uh, connection. You're reinforcing uh, that telephone line. You know, sometimes there's a pose that's called sometimes Superman pose and you lie on your stomach. It's actually, this is like my And you lift your legs and you lift your chest up and even your arms a little bit high off the ground. Now, if you talk to the average person, they'll say, oh, I feel a stretch in my lower back. And and so a lot of people have a very, it's not a nice word to use, but ignorant view mm. of what stretching is because no, honey, you're not feeling a stretch. You're feeling the muscles uh, shorten. And, and so a lot of people have this kind of, they they just feel like they define sensation as stretch because they don't have any other vocabulary. Um, so you're actually shortening the muscles, but then sometimes you'll say, Well, people will go like, Well, I, ha- I feel a stretch in my chest. Or if I bring my arms like I'm sitting right now out to the sides and I don't move my upper body, all I do is bring my arms back. You know, people will say, Well, I'm stretching my chest. It's like mm-hmm yeah, your, your chest may be stretching a little bit, but what you're really doing is activating, you know, your traps, your rhomboids, you Mm -hmm. know, and other muscles, maybe posterior delts in the back body. And by those muscles shortening the opposite muscles, the chest muscles start to naturally lengthen. And so what we forget often in, in, You know, in the fitness world and yoga world, especially the yoga world, is that muscles have this kind of reciprocal um, 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 relationship where in order for one muscle to lengthen, the opposite muscle has to shorten properly. So we come to tight hamstrings. The reason why the hamstrings are so tight is because the opposite muscle, the quads, are not shortening properly. My teacher Greg Roscoff, I mentioned him earlier, always says that tight muscles are a sign of muscle weakness because the opposite muscle is not contracting properly. Mm -hmm. And because it's not contracting properly, the body sends out like an SMS, SOS message to the whole system saying, tighten up, tighten up, tighten up. So if you're feeling- it's compensating. So if you're feeling tight in the chest, which a lot of bodybuilders do, that's why they walk over, you know, walk around with a rounded upper back and and tight pecs. The tightness is not the pecs that are causing it. It's because the traps, the rhomboids, the posterior delts have lost their ability to contract and contract properly. So you said earlier, like you have, you know, a decent amount of range of motion. I don't. I'd have to do a dive into your workout program but just on the on on a hunch there's a few reasons why one because you're still young you know you're vibrant that's very normal with people who are younger but number two it sounds like you do what i said earlier like a lot more dynamic exercises rather than passive and passive,
0: it's, that yeah. it's like we, we call it static stretching i do i do static stretch um and then obviously listening to you and what you're saying about that and how it you know it has the opposite effect or can have the opposite effect um it's interesting but i i also think that actually moving more and and using it in that way as opposed to just just a hold is obviously better for you because that's demonstrating your range of movement but it's like like handstands for example you do handstands in yoga yeah and learning that learning to go upside down is, is a totally different feeling and like the activation of the core muscles and everything that goes into basically stacking yourself up the other way um, yes. is i can't remember i can't even remember my point of why i went there with handstands <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm a huge fan of handstands i think that you know handstands are really great Um, I, you know, I would love to see teachers teach more, you know, kind of proper preparation for handstands, like building up, you know, that activation between the brain, literally the brain. I'm not, you know, a lot of what we'd say in yoga is building mind body connection. So mind body connection denotes this consciousness, you know, this, this conscious connection between uh, the brain and the muscles you're using. So if you're doing like flies, I do flies a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't actually do a lot of bench press, but I'll do flies more because it actually targets the pecs more uh, succinctly. And so when I'm doing the flies, I'm thinking about the muscles contracting. So that's a mind-body connection. But what I'm actually referring to when I say like a muscle, you want the muscles ability to contract and contract on demand It's kind of like, you know, if you get kind of pushed a little bit, your body tightens up, your body, your core tightens up. And so sometimes you can knock somebody over just with a simple push because they don't have that literally that brain to muscle connection. So this all happens at an unconscious level through the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so that response time comes from this activation between the brain and the muscles but also by building up that kind of slow twitch fibers. So, you know, as a bodybuilder, you have the slow twitch fibers, the fast twitch fibers. Many of our slow twitch fibers have started to take on fast twitch characteristics. And so what we, we wanna do is start to build them up so that they build up that kind of like ability to tighten, to contract and contract on demand. So when you're doing something like handstand, you know if your shoulders aren't engaging your traps um some mm-hmm. of the stabilizer muscles in your spine the multifidus the longissimus you know and then of course your core muscles specifically the TVA and the obliques if you don't have those muscles working you come up into handstand um you can actually cause a lot of problems because okay. you don't have that stability um and so building up stability is is what i'm trying to do with people so that that, that that connection between the brain and the muscles becomes stronger. Uh, that connection becomes severed due to stress and trauma and overuse. And mm-hmm. so all of those three things create stress, uh, sorry, create inflammation in the nerves. And that inflammation in the nerves starts to disrupt the communication system between the brain and the muscle. So what we want to do is to fortify that connection as much as possible.
0: So that that to me makes a lot of sense. Like you know, because it well, just because it does. Um, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I think I think you're right as well with what you've said about you know people's lack of vocabulary and there being the wrong kind of education around yeah. the way that we move our bodies and the way that we actually live our lives in, in general. I and mean, people are uneducated and i don't say that to be to be rude or offensive no. to anyone but a lot of people are not and i see you know i see people doing some movements in the gym and i'm like like you're going, going to hurt yourself yes well it also
1: comes to i think from you know professionals and so you know you natalie go to your doctor and like say something like you know i work out all the time but I'm feeling really stressed and I've got this tightness in my chest. And so the doctor goes, Oh, well, I, I've heard that yoga is really good. You might want to give it a try. And it's kind of like interesting to me, like, so there's promoting something and, and, and so you then take that and go, Oh, well, my doctor suggested I do, you know, yoga for my health. And he, therefore thinks I need to stretch and, So there's a lot of like that, you know, combined with a lot of yoga teachers that really know almost nothing about the body. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always tell my students jokingly. If you hear your yoga teacher use terms like open the hamstrings, open the shoulder blades, create space in the shoulder girdle. I don't even know what that means.
0: What does that even mean? (laughs) It
1: It doesn't mean anything. And yet you see even a lot of fitness people starting to use these words like open the shoulder girdle. Hello, the last thing you want to do is
0: Open the shoulder girdle, you want those muscles to hug, you know, yeah. hug the around the, the, the joints. Exactly. exactly. See, exactly. I see yoga is more of a strength thing than yeah. anything, like because of the, the amount of things that you can do. And, yes. like, <laughs> because most people who do yoga properly do some absolutely incredible things. Yeah. and You know, I'm. Um, I've seen, like, I had a little look. Seen you upside down, <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't have that strength, that ability because they haven't got that mind-body connection, which yeah. I think is actually a nice thing that you know we we can agree on. So, what gave you the to to write the stop stretching book? Um, well
1: yeah i mean there's well part of what i'm trying to do i actually wanted to make a point and then i'm going to tie it instead i'm going to answer your question and tie my point into this that you know as i mentioned earlier there's nowhere in the yoga scriptures that says that yoga is about stretching and for me yoga has been one of the most powerful practices outside of you know the stretching i did more like the meditation the breathing the relaxation I'm like you, you were saying earlier, like how you're all fidgety all the time, like I'm like that too. And so, you know, I think one of the diagnoses is ADD, like attention deficit disorder. And I've suffered from that all through my, you know, childhood. My parents had me tested so many times because they were afraid I was going to, you know, not turn out okay, (laughs) which is ironic, right? You know, parents like worry about their kids. But that's another story. But I I so yoga has been so instrumental to me in terms of learning to concentrate my mind. And so what I was what I was attempting to do in my book, Stop Stretching: A New Yogic Approach to Master Your Body and Live Pain Free is to really A bring yoga back to what it's supposed to be, which is the ability, cultivating the ability within us to manifest and live our life purpose. And the second thing was to kind of start flipping a script on stretching and flexibility and and starting to show people like how to practice yoga without stretching, without that kind of component in our mind, And, and, and so giving people an opportunity, an avenue. One of the I just led a retreat recently, and I had um, a physiologist uh, come up to me who was in my retreat. He said to me a couple of things. One, he said, I so much appreciate your level of understanding the human body. I've never met a yoga teacher like that before. Had your understanding. Number two, I've never met a yoga teacher that could combine the physical, like AKA the muscle activation, the body awareness, with the spiritual. And so my mission is to start combining those two. Because sometimes you'll see, like, you'll take these yoga classes, and they're very kind of airy fairy. They're very ethereal. They're really nice. I'm not. I'm not. That was not <laughs> being sarcastic at all. Please, I I love those kind of classes, but there's no emphasis on stability in the body. And and then you go to the opposite extreme where it's just physical. The teacher puts on ACDC or Led Zeppelin and rocks out a yoga class and there's no spirituality at all. And so I think like we have to bring in this idea, this quality of why are we doing these postures? What is the end game here? What are we really shooting for? And what we're shooting for in my mind is to, to not only have that ability to manifest and live our life purpose, but to become better versions of ourselves and, um, and to be kinder to each
0: other. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> people can be so horrible. Like, yeah. like you said before we started, you know, it's, it's easy for people to disagree and then fall out. But I believe in good, healthy debate and discussion and um, you know and you can be friends and and not fall out just because you disagree on something yeah and that's why I thought let's have this conversation and let's see where it goes and you know what what your actual thoughts around it are and where it comes from and the way yes. you described it describes it perfectly be- and that works for you in the way that you practice and the way that you teach Um. Are very interested in your retreats I do host retreats um not yoga <laughs> so you you host them in Costa Rica
1: yes yes yeah. I I am um, I lead retreats I actually have led retreats all over the world I've led almost over a hundred retreats around the world and um but lately I've been obviously focusing more on my you know leading retreats at Blue Osa but we also welcome other yoga teachers to bring their groups. And so we host probably about 25 yoga retreats a year uh, currently with other yoga teachers who bring their students uh, nice. to us. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love retreats. I've, I've not yet been on a yoga retreat, but that's on my list for next year. So maybe you'll have to send me your details and um, I'll come and to meet you in person.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. One of the things I wanted to say to you, and I want to invite you to do this experiment with yourself. So, you know, one of the questions is like, how do you know? And so my teacher Greg always says, how do you know if something's good for you? Yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of truth to that statement because not everybody's neuromuscular system is working, you know, optimally and and, and I'm going to make a judgment call. I don't know you that well. I don't know your routine, I don't know your body, but just based upon listening to you, it sounds to me like you your threshold, your stress threshold, a neuromuscular level is a lot better than most people. So when I, when I say better, you're stronger, your muscle response time is faster. And there's probably a few reasons for that. One, you're physically active. Two, you're very aware of your body, you use your body intelligently. Three, your age, you're not so old yet. So
0: uh, <laughs> I don't believe in old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but so you know what you can do to your body is very different than say someone who's 50 and coming from a desk job and that sort of thing. But one of the things that fascinates me is is learning the muscle activation technique protocols from Greg is I can go in and test muscles. And so I can test the efficacy of your muscle, your, your muscles ability to contract and contract on demand before you do a stretch. And then I can test it after you stretch. But most of the time, people test weak After They stretch. And so one of my favorite, like when I'm leading my retreats, one of my favorite demonstrations, there's a few that I do, but always on teacher training day, I start off with this demonstration, you lie on your back, and then you lift your right leg up and then lower it down. You lift your left leg up about 30 degrees, not all the way up, just 30 degrees. And you just kind of feel like how much effort that, that did that take me? And then we do a, do a little bit of quad activation. So we get the quad strong. And then we do that exercise again, we lift the right leg and people are going, Oh, my God, my leg just floated up. Um, and then, you know, and then we do it on the left side. And they say, Oh, my God, my leg just floated up. And then we do the knees to chest. So we hug knees into chest and we use our arms, our hands to kind of pull the knees towards our chest. And then we repeat it. And everybody always says it feels like a lead weight afterwards. And so there's like little things that you can do. And I would invite you to just experiment and, and just kind of see like, okay, what would happen? Like, okay, I get my quads activated And then I stretch them. I stretch the hamstrings because, you know, there's muscles have reciprocal effects and then then repeat it and just see, like, see if you can start to sense that impact um, on your body. Uh, My biggest my biggest kind of advice to bodybuilders, especially if you're doing arms day. Um, is don't stretch the pecs, but actually do like these things to really kind of get your your traps activated and just yeah. notice the difference because you start to feel um, the stability in your body increase. And it's quite it's quite something when we approach our workouts with that that feeling of activation in our body. Yes,
0: um going to go and test that exercise, but I can already tell in my head why that happens, yes. but then equally I, I am, um, educated and qualified. So, <laughs> 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 so yeah. but yeah. what you talk about it's it is very against the mainstream yes. and what people are really taught. Um, so what gave you the confidence to actually speak out and go, hold on a minute, no, what we're doing is wrong.
1: Well, when, I, when, when COVID happened, just before that, I'd already been studying MAT and, and getting my certification. And I got into studying muscle activation technique with Greg Roscoff to kind of at the very least, try and learn something more about my body. Yeah. And at the most, try and develop more curriculum for my own yoga teacher trainings. So the question was, how do I bring this into the yoga world? Because you know what we're doing in MAT is not what I teach. I don't teach that. Um, that's Greg's thing. I'm certified to do it and I do it one-on-one, but even the idea of trying to do it in the class is just not possible so i was trying to like think of like well how do we do this and so i started going through the different seven systems of the body muscular systems i i've defined it as seven muscular systems i know that there's more <laughs> but and i kind of put this systemology together um to it was really again to try and educate people at a basic level um and in a fun level what muscles are doing what so we look at trunk rotators for example what are the importance of trunk rotators why should we even care about them uh looking at trunk flexors if you say flexion to most people they don't know what you're talking about um and so trying to just start to create a fun way to educate people what happened was is as I was leading these, my teacher trainings, I started to, and implementing these kind of Ayama, applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation techniques. As I started to apply these Ayama teachings within, I would say six to 10 days, every single person that came in with problems, and it was usually, you know, 90% of students always had like pain in their shoulders, back, knees, et cetera, wrists, all their problems disappeared between day six and day 10. And I started to go, this is kind of phenomenal. Like I expected results. I didn't expect it to be this dramatic. And so at the beginning of 2022, I started thinking about my purpose again. And purpose was knocking at the door of my heart. And I thought, you know what, let's go for it. And that's what kind of motivated me to write my book and to create the podcast And start doing these things, and it's been quite phenomenal. About thirty percent of people think I'm crazy, and you know, an offshoot of a satanic cult. Um, Thirty percent—that's a bit far. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I've had I've had actually people uh, message me who tell their yoga teachers about me, and they're just they get vehemently angry um about this and be say crazy things and and so but 30 percent of people think like i'm a crazy grandmother who needs like a shawl to keep her warm because she's got too many loopy ideas and then 30 percent of people are starting to go wow this really makes sense and um we should talk more about this and at least at the very least try it out um so that's, it's kind of motivated me again, just to create a conversation. And my goal overall arching goal is really to flip the script in the yoga world on stretching and flexibility. It's really become, um, you, you made a comment earlier, like looking at what yoga teachers can do and it is quite phenomenal, but it's also important to add that so many of those people that you see doing those crazy acrobatic stuff. A has nothing to do with yoga. Um, It's just beautiful. It's beautiful gymnast kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. That's not yoga. And the second thing to kind of note is so many of those people do have a gymnast background or, you know, a dance background. And so you get these people, these professional people. um, There's this like gentleman, I won't mention his name, but he's very handsome and very, you know, the girls love going to take his trainings. Um, but he, you know, he admits like one of the things he's very famous for is is doing handstands and doing one arm handstands. But he admits that he's actually been walking on his hands since he was four years old, you know, and, and, and a gymnast. So what he did was in a very you know good marketing way is take what he knew and call it yoga and then everybody wants to be like him and so which is fine it's great but that's not what yoga is about at the end Mm -hmm. of the day and so i want to reclaim that and help people to genuinely start to feel that their purpose is knocking at the door of their hearts and and wants to be acknowledged and manifested
0: so i think that's beautiful like you know it's one of the things that we help people do is to find their purpose and their yes. passion. So to, to, you know, to truly, for want of a better phrase, to live your best life because you only get one. Yeah. So, you know, you, you know yourself, you've had chronic pain, health issues and some, some dramatic things happen that have led you to, to where you are and you keep going despite the 30% of people that think you're crazy and you've got the <laughs> confidence within you. Yeah, to to keep to keep putting that out, and I think that's admirable.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. I mean, I've done a lot of. I I finally realized just recently, when I say recently, like in the last couple of months, that my sweet spot for happiness in my life is kind of going against the grain (laughs) (laughs) and to be a trailblazer and to like, I've done it several times in my life. I never really acknowledged that part of myself. Um, and so I'm kind of starting to realize like my sweet spot is in having conversations that like, that can make people think. And I find myself sometimes, even though I agree with a person and their perspective, sometimes I'll even flip my own perspective just to kind of like create dialogue or create like, Hey, let's, let's open up this conversation. Let's look at life differently. Let's get out of our box of how we think and, you know, doing the work you do, you know, like, All of us are living in a prison of our own mind, you know, this box in our own mind. And one of the quotes of my, one of my teachers says that the mind is either the warden of your prison or the key to your liberation. And it's, that's, I'm always kind of trying to stretch my own mind and trying to look at life differently so that I never get stuck or stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. It leads to more confusion, which is this heaviness in the mind. So I'm always trying to keep myself light and out of the box. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you don't <laughs> want stretching stretch in your mind, but not your body. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> There's a good word for the use of the word stretch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. What, what sort of things do you wish people would ask you and talk to you about that they don't?
1: What sort of things do I wish people would ask me? That's a loaded question. <laughs> I, that's you know, <laughs> I, that's, I don't even know if I can answer that. Um, I mean, I love when I'm, you know, unless I'm I'm teaching or doing interviews in this kind of format, yeah. I don't go around talking about this stuff. I don't. Yeah. And even when people ask me, I'm always like, you know. If if I get you know the retreat center even if people ask me I'm like you know what there's a copy of my book here.
0: Go <laughs> read it. Um,
1: and I do that because I just don't like like you know it's like in my regular life I love yeah. talking about wine I love talking about food.
0: <laughs> I, I, love- I oh I totally oh. hear you. Some of my friends like uh, they used to ask me for PT advice when we're down the pub. And yeah. <laughs> I've got a beer in my hand. I, I don't want to talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a glass of wine in my hand. I don't need to talk about the meaning of life right now. No. <laughs> and-
0: <laughs> what sort of things? I mean, you say you like wine. You like food, travel. Um, I like all of the same things there as well. So, <laughs> and also yes. like living outside the box. What does living outside the box really mean to you?
1: means a few things i mean this this idea of living out of the box i've always lived my life out of the box but i would say honestly around the age of 44 43 so i'm 51 right now but around the age of 43 i started to realize i was going soft and and i mean soft in so many ways my body my mind there was a certain level of comfort that i thought i needed to have in life there was yep. a certain amount of like you know, I've worked so hard. I don't need to work anymore. You know, I I just want to just do nothing. And, and I started to notice like that attitude was pulling me back. And then I realized I was getting too comfortable. And when I would say comfortable, I think a lot of us get accustomed to my life is the way it is because it's the way it is. And And it also kind of denotes this other aspect, which my business partner created. He's an artist and he created this whole art collection that was basically titled my comfort is non-negotiable. And so, you know, and I see like a lot of and sometimes we refer to people like this as entitled, like everybody feels a sense of entitlement. And part of that is like my comfort is non-negotiable. And so for me, that's a box. You know, when you're in such a box, we had this group recently come to Blue Osa and they expected a certain kind of diet, even though it's all over our website, like what kind of diet we provide. I was kind of like, why are you coming here? And so these people can't live out of their box. They have to have a certain kind of diet. And for me, that's like, that's like getting, that's like living in a box, getting out of the box is like exploring new foods, Mm -hmm. or new kinds of exercise. You know, if you're a weightlifter, I'm just using you as an example. Like, okay, maybe like don't weightlift every day. Maybe one day go hiking or going go or do something different that your yeah. body's not accustomed to. Even your body can get used to the same routine and not benefit from mm-hmm. it. A good- a good fitness person will change up their routine constantly to get their body to come out of the box. And so from the mind perspective, one of the ways that I get out of the box a lot, there's a few different ways I do it, but one of them is hiking. I love to challenge myself. I love to see how far I can push my mind. Mm -hmm. And and then notice whenever I like come about to do something and I go, Oh, I don't know about that. It looks hard. I like, Sometimes, most of the time I'll catch myself and then I'll just go do it. Go just, do it. Nice. just just because I know that if I fall into that trap, I will start to develop this habit in my mind that I'm weaker than I really am. And I never, ever want that in my you life.
0: And too many people do that. Like, oh, that, that is hard. So I'm not going to do it. But actually what would life be like on the other side of that? You know, yes. like that, that sense of accomplishment, achievement, Like I have people say to me so often, like, oh, you're so brave moving abroad. And I wish I could do that. You know, similar kinds of phrases, Yes, but you can, you can do that. (laughs) You you are choosing not to.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, and also too, they're, they're stuck in the box of their mind. Their mind is a prison now and they can't, they can't even conceive or, picture what a life would be like out of that box. And so we, as you know, coaches and trainers and teachers have to, you know, kind of like gently, of course, create that space for people to be able to explore, Oh my God, what is it like to be out of the box? I lead yoga teacher trainings, as I mentioned in, in Costa Rica. And for you would be shocked to know how many of those people coming Always say this is the first trip outside their country. Um, yeah. this is the first time they've ever done anything as crazy as go to a retreat center in the middle of the jungle in Costa Rica. And so even that step, which is healthy, I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying, I'm saying like good for them, by the way. <laughs> that <laughs> that that you know, just doing something like that, like get do something that is outside of your your thought process. You know, and you can do it safely. You can make sure that all the boxes are checked. Do whatever you need to do, but just get out of your comfort zone.
0: That's where confidence is built, isn't it? You know, you Absolutely. can't you can't achieve much in your comfort zone. It's like comfortable. And yes. who, who, I mean, people do want that. But I mean, if you want a special life... Then you need to do different things and do the things that other people won't. So, you know, going on retreats, going on exploring different parts of the world. And that's why I love to travel, because I like to see different cultures and food and see different scenery. So I can see what I can bring back into my own life um, and then give to my people. Yeah. You know? Cause like, because like it's, it's like a shared experience. Well
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I love> it <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely.
0: What's your What's your favorite thing to do when you're not work're Not working, teaching.
1: My favorite thing to do. One of my favorite. I have a few different favorite things. As I mentioned earlier, food. I love to go. I love to cook, um, and I love to cook for people. I've realized that food is my love language, both mm-hmm. to take in, but also to to provide. I love food. I love. Tasting different things, but I also love walking. Um, I've taken up walking, turning 51. I'm realizing like I don't need so many high impact activities in my life. So I do a lot of walking. I love hiking. Hiking, as I mentioned earlier, challenges me. Um, I love also exploring. I just had three friends visiting me from outside Costa Rica. And i took them on a tour of costa rica and we went waterfall chasing and so we hit up like probably about 10 waterfalls in the space of three days and i just i love i love nature i spend as much time as i can in nature when given the opportunity and i love sharing that experience i also love taking people to places that they would never have been before Mm -hmm. and so i love organizing like little trips and saying to my friends, OK, let's go. <laughs>
0: so it seems like we're very similar after all.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. We have more in common than not.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to look up your retreats um, and look at attending because I'm very interested in the work that you do and also yeah. getting out of my comfort zone and visiting new places. Um, tell us about your podcast and where people can find you.
1: Yeah, just before I do that, I wanna just say be careful because once you come to Costa Rica, I have a feeling you won't wanna leave. Ah. So it'll upend your life. <laughs> <laughs> actually, true story. I had one of my students, her name is Morgan and she'd never left Canada before. And right. she was so scared. She was actually crying going to the airport and it was her mother that just kind of gave her the final push. She finally got to Costa Rica and seven years later, she's living here She'll like here. <laughs> and she's bought property. And so, it, you know, it's just interesting. There's a line from Lord of the Rings, you know, be careful what happens when you step out of the door because <laughs> 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 a whole adventure is waiting and you may never look back.
0: Um, adventure is amazing, though. It, it gives you so many opportunities and like, you can meet some incredible people. You just have to step outside the door, like you say.
1: I love the British system that encourages, I don't know if they still do this, but I know they used to do this, encourage, you know, people to have their gap year Mm. and, you know, just to go somewhere, do something different, see life differently. And, you know, you look at a lot of people in the U.S. and even Canada to some degree that they don't even have a passport. I think it's like 20% of people only have a passport. That means 80% don't. It's really really high. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's just this, I always say to people like, you know, stop going to school, go travel, like learn something real about life yeah. and have, you know, one of the, one of the ideas in yoga is that we cannot be free in life until we have direct experience of reality. And so, you know, getting direct experience makes us more confident, makes us more um you know, sure about who we are as individuals and how to interact better with, with other people. But my book, my podcast and book, uh, both titled stop stretching. (laughs) um, the podcast really takes people on a journey of my own journey. Um, but also one of my favorite, there's a few favorite episodes in there, but one of them is number three, which is all about the science of what happens when we stretch. And and why and what to do instead of stretching, uh, what, what is the alternative? So I highly recommend people listen to it because it, if, if for any reason, it'll just start to educate you a little bit more about your body. And that's also my book. My book, um, I really designed it for uh, for many people. I had many people in mind when I was was writing it. But one of them was just for the simple person who never really liked anatomy as a child. Um, just for the record, I failed miserably in all science courses up until grade 12. You know, I never really got it. It didn't really compute until I, I, I started getting into my own body and going, yeah. oh, there's my psoas. That's what it's supposed to do. There's my longissimus. That's where it's supposed to do. That's my my quads, my rectus femoris, that's what it's supposed to do. And that's what it feels like when it's stronger. So the book is in a fun way, taking people through a journey of their body and trying to give them, empower them with information so that they know how to begin healing themselves.
0: Nice. That's beautiful. Uh, I'm going to go do some stretching.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness.
0: Um, I actually didn't stretch today. So um, I just left because I I knew I had to come and have this amazing conversation. Um, So where can I will obviously put all the links and stuff in the show notes. Where can people follow you, find you? Okay, I, I agree with online
1: stalking, just not in-person stalking. Yeah, sure. I mean, people can go to my website, yogiaron.com, y-o-g-i-a-r-o-n dot com, uh, which I know will be in the show notes. And but one of the things in there, um, it's kind of an access portal to the podcast. You can actually search Stop Stretching anywhere you get your podcast. Um is then it's a portal to everything and people can actually, I have a lot of freebies on my website. So people can also take advantage of that. There's like um, a seven days to becoming pain-free series. Um, And I have other things. If they go to my website, they can get access to my dare to become pain-free challenge, which is a 15 day thing. So there's a lot of things that I'm offering. Um, I have a huge YouTube um, archive channel right now. You know we're talking about tight hamstrings i actually have about four or five videos right now on how to get rid of tight hamstrings uh using of course muscle activation techniques so there's a lot on there and it's just a beautiful deep dive into you know different things and how to prepare one of the things uh natalie i think we just published this video it's all about how to prepare for an upper body workout
0: Oh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <gonna come> out.
1: <laughs> and it doesn't involve stretching. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's a very provocative way of promoting what you're saying, because actually a lot of what you do, it, it isn't, well, none of it is stretching. And yeah. I like the fact that you've gone provocative with it and controversial and said like, this is, this is it because it hits back at the mainstream and, And it gets you in front of people, um, which is a very clever thing to do.
1: Working on it step by step. (laughs) I've, you know, I've only been at this for a year and, you know, I've managed to amass a little bit of a following. um, And I just keep hoping to, at the very least, continue the conversation Because there's, like I said, there's so many erroneous um, perceptions and erroneous statements made by even people in the, that are quote unquote professionals. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to, you know, create more awareness so that people understand when, when a fitness trainer goes, okay, we need to open up the shoulder girdle that they really should turn around and run away from that trainer.
0: <laughs> That's a strange I I've, I've, I've never had anybody tell me that. So I think I've been lucky. Oh,
1: thank for thank God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you could leave people with one tip on helping them to improve their confidence, what would it be?
1: I would say wake up in the morning And ask yourself how just it can be a simple thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. What is one day I can manifest and live my life purpose and go and do it. And it can be as simple as I'm going to make the effort to be really kind to somebody or I'm going to walk a different route to work today or I'm going to eat healthier today. I'm going to mindfully eat healthier Or whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be a big thing, but it doesn't have to be. It can be something really uh, small. And then when you go to bed, ruminate on what you did and take gratitude that you had the opportunity to live that way for that day.
0: I love that. Thank you very much. On that note, I'm going to say thank you. and I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too.
1: I loved it, and I love, <laughs> I'm so happy you had me on, and I'm even happier that that you had the balls to say right up front, I completely disagree with you. I really appreciate that. Thank you.
0: No, <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. I, like I say, I, I like to have open debates and, and, you know, seeing where your thought processes have come from, and it's been an education as well, so thank you. Thank you. So on that note, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to download, subscribe and go and find Yogi Aaron in the show notes because as you have heard, he is amazing. So thank you. Bye.